this is Shannon from SIS for Teachers. Thanks so much for joining us for today's blog. This week we're going to be talking about the division of fractions. For most of us, dividing a fraction is one of those things where we got the right answer in math, but we didn't maybe really understand why. Most of us memorized a procedure with a concept we don't understand. You know, don't ask why, just invert and, invert and multiply. Well, maybe this week it's time that we ask. When we look at dividing fractions with our schools today, we can start with a lot of questions that challenge that memorized procedure. Is it actually possible to actually divide by a fraction or can you only multiply by a fraction? And why do we flip or invert fractions and then multiply? I was in a classroom not too long ago modeling the concepts we're talking about today by using pattern blocks to help students explore their knowledge. I had asked a student, why do we invert and multiply? Or as he said, keep change flip. A student raised his hand and said, well, the reason is so you can get a more accurate answer. I responded by asking, is it going to be inaccurate if you actually divide versus keep change flip? In today's blog, we're going to explore how we should have learned about dividing fractions before we learn the trick for us just to get the right answer. It's really important that students actually understand really what is happening in division with whole numbers before they jump in the division of fractions or numbers less than one. As we look at dividing fractions, we can start by asking students about a statement for division. If I had 35 divided by 6, maybe written on the board, what does that mean? A lot of kids, just like we talked about in our multiplication of fraction blog, might say, well, you're dividing. Or they might even tell you the answer. But what that question is really asking is, how many sixes are there in 35? Or how many groups of six are there in 35? This helps students revisit their prior knowledge of division, but also helps them extend that knowledge as we start dividing a whole number by a fraction. Another thing we talk about with division is its relationship with multiplication. Like we have a fact family with whole numbers, we want to help kids see how when you flip multiplication and division, they're an inverse relationship there. If I had 12 divided by 4, it goes in 3 times. Just like if I had 3 times 4, I know that it equals 12. Understanding this relationship between multiplication and division with whole numbers will help students to make further connections when they're looking at fractions. Let's start by looking at a whole number divided by a fraction. A student can begin this process, a division of fractions. We like to start it with them to think about the idea of division as it applies to fractions. When we divide a whole number, we end up with a smaller number. But when we divide by a fraction, it actually increases the size of the answer. Why is that? Why is that when we divide fractions, we can end up with a whole number if, it's, if it goes in an equal amount of groups? In this video, I'll model dividing a whole number by a fraction, and I'll be using pattern blocks to give students a visual manipulative to help solidify the concept for them. We'll be using the hexagon as the whole, a trapezoid as a half, our rhombus as a third, and then our triangle as one-sixth. So let's take four divided by one-half. What is that asking? It's asking how many halves are there in four? 
I'll start by building four hexagons so that kids can see it represented and then ask how many halves do they see in there? Students can lay the trapezoid on top of the four hexagons to see how many actually fit in four. If I cover each hole with two trapezoids, I would know that every one hole there is two trapezoids. I can figure out that eight trapezoids or halves fit into four. Let's relate this problem to multiplication. If I were to change the problem around and multiply, would I end up with the same answer? Eight times one half is asking how many halves are there in eight? The answer should be four, as we can see with the pattern box. This is the same kind of fact-family relationship that we might understand with whole numbers with multiplication and division. Dividing a fraction by a fraction. When we start thinking about dividing a fraction by a fraction, it's important to keep the same language you've been using with whole numbers and division and even a whole number divided by a fraction. Some fractions, when you divide them, go in nice and even easily. I definitely suggest starting with this kind of friendly unit fraction at first, just so kids start to understand how to divide fractions by a fractions. Fractions that divide evenly without a remainder or even something that is less than one that will help students develop a more conceptual understanding at first. Let's start with 1 half divided by 1 sixth. What is that asking? It's asking how many sixths are there in half. When using the pattern blocks, I like to put the hexagon down so the students can always reference the hole that we're looking with, the one hole. I'll start with one half piece and ask again how many six will fit into half. We can see that if we use the one six piece, our green triangle, and we tried to fit them inside of the half, we know that three of those will fit. So we can say that three pieces of the one sixth will fit into our half, which gives us a whole number in our answer because it's asking how many times that sixth goes in it. Other fraction examples might fit more than one. So let's look at five sixths and ask how many thirds can fit in five sixths or five sixths divided by one third. First, we want to build five sixths. So I could put five triangle pieces on top of the hexagon. We know that if we added one more six, it would be nice and even, but in this case, we're working with five sixths. I will take the rhombus and see how many equal pieces I can fit. With one third, we'll try to figure out, you know, can it fit evenly or can it not? I see that one third is equal to two sixths. If I have another two sixths, I know I will have another one third. By using the rhombus, I can see that one third goes into five sixths two times nice and easily, but with one sixth left over. This is where students often get confused in division. They see the other as one six left and think that's what the remainder, but we have to remember that we're really dividing by the one third. That's the piece that we're dividing by. So we have to look at many fractional parts to see the amount. If we still have the one six left, we want to know how many one thirds will fit into it. A whole third doesn't fit, but half of the third does. So. 5 6 divided by 1 third goes in that nice even 2, but it's half of that third, so the answer is 2 and a half. We also can find fractions that we could divide that might end up being less than a half, um, of less than a half, or it might even be, um, you know, less than a whole. So let's 
kind of look at that concept to see um, how in this video we can sort of see what might happen if it's less than one. If we were to ask how many halves are there in one third, which would be written one third divided by half, we know that we might not be able to figure that out completely. In the video, you can see it's especially challenging to look at this in sixth grade and see where a half doesn't evenly go in to one third even one time. The answer is actually going to be less than one time. In the video, we compare the trapezoid with the rhombus and show kids that it doesn't have to go in, that it doesn't go in one time. But if I took that half and divided it into three sections, how much fits? This is a little bit more higher level thinking, and it could throw even some of the teachers that we work with for a loop. It's very hard to visualize this because we didn't learn this way as children. Visually, we can stack one third on top of the half so kids can see that the half doesn't completely fit. However, if we divide that one third up into three equal sections, two thirds of the half actually does fit. As confusing as it sounds, the video shows how kids can visualize and see that based on the pieces that you're using. Invert and multiply. The next thing you're going to want students to understand is why we flip or invert the fraction and multiply. Can I create multiplication sentences that will be true for a fact family? Does that work only with whole numbers and a fraction, or can you do that with a fraction by a fraction? That is one of those open-ended things we want your kids to explore instead of you answering the question for them. I would rather your kids see how it works when you invert and multiply and then see if it still works the same way when you're dividing using that language appropriately. In offering inquiry-based questions, you don't necessarily have to be the giver of all the information. Getting kids to make their connections and deepening their understanding and what we're looking at in the 20 is really what we're looking at in the 21st century math. Using our Working with Fractions series video, both multiplication and division so far, you students will really start to understand the why before the how when it comes to fractions. If we can get students to understand what they're really doing and have a deep conceptual understanding for it, they're better able to explain. Today's questions on 21st century tests no longer just ask students to compute the answer. It often makes the students draw a picture or show their thinking for four divided by one half and show their understanding of what they're doing, not just regurgitate the information. These YouTube videos are really great for a flip classroom style setting. Whether you're doing it in a launch for your lesson or you're actually having students listen to it at home or maybe in a guided group with peers, they can listen to the video before coming to see you. The 21st century mind needs a technological dip even as much as I try to fight it, Marzano's research really supports this idea that if we can get kids to see something in video or interact with their hands and then apply it, it makes all the difference. Next week, we're going to take, um, really be talking about addition of fractions using a conceptual way, as well as showing how to reduce fractions using one of our favorite friends, DC from Mathville. We hope that you'll join us next week for our next blog. Thanks so much for joining us.